This is the ATM at the Minute podcast, episode number 87. Rob Gronkowski in the house. I am Peter Mitchell here in Kansas City with my friend Jackson Stover in Tulsa, Oklahoma. How we doing, Jackson? Yes, sir. We are recovering from a very rough and disappointing Saturday, but thank goodness we are here to talk basketball and not football. So, I thought you were going to say recovering from COVID, but yes, well, I, I did recover. The Cowboys from COVID also, did lose but, last night. Yeah, um, we don't have to talk about that. That was that was a tragic performance. I, we're not going to talk about it. Okay, so <laughs> on to basketball. <laughs> yeah, we have got all of a sudden. The moratorium has been lifted. The trade window has been opened and madness has ensued. We've had the draft draft go by. We have had free agency, at least the bulk of it, take place. And now we kind of know what the landscape of the league is looking like going into next season. So we're going to break it all down and give our off-season grades for each team. Yes, we think we have a good idea of which players are on which rosters, except for the OKC Thunder, who just traded Baby Westbrook, Jalen LeCue to the Indiana Pacers for TJ Leaf in a second round pick right as we're recording this. We'll get to Oklahoma City later on. We're going to start from the top. Minnesota had the number one pick. Jackson, what did you give them? What what grade for the offseason? I gave the Timberwolves a B. And I think they did. Okay, good. We're kind of in the same ballpark then. I think they did a decent job acquiring talent. I mean, they obviously got Anthony Edwards. They got Leandro Balmaro and Jaden McDaniels, which was a nice pickup on draft night when they made the switch with Oklahoma City, allowing them to move up, get their guy Pokusevsky. And they also got Ricky Rubio coming back in that trade too. So Minnesota gets Rubio back home. Not really an ideal fit with D'Angelo Russell or Anthony Edwards, I don't think, but he is a leader and a playmaker and a good culture guy. So I think Rubio's a plus. You get two guys late in the first round in Bulmaro and Jaden McDaniels who have potential to be solid wings for them. And you also get Anthony Edwards who's going to come in and be in your starting lineup and be probably your third playmaker right away. So I don't think Minnesota is going to win a ton of games or make the playoffs, but they definitely got better and not worse. So that's why I gave them just a solid B. Yeah, um, I'm pretty much with you on most of that they also brought back Malik Beasley in restricted free agency four for 60 million Um, he's got some off the court stuff that made me think they weren't (laughs) going to bring him back but they went ahead and did it Um, I I like the Edwards pick here I think he's a much better basketball fit um, with the Wolves and LaMelo Ball and maybe James Wiseman I I think you could make the argument that him and Cat would have been a nice little twin towers setup after seeing what the Lakers did, they they just bullied the Heat in the playoffs in yeah. the finals. So I, th- I thought that could have been interesting. But, yeah, I'm on board with it. I like Leandro Bolmaro, a Barcelona uh, basketball player. He's going to be a draft and stash guy, but I think he's got a lot of potential. And then Jaden McDaniels from Washington is someone that a lot of people were saying might go in the lottery based on talent alone. He was a five-star yeah. Uh, prospect coming into college so they definitely got a lot of upside in this draft and they got scoring on the wing with Edwards they didn't they don't really have that with Culver and Akogi so far so I'm with you that's a B Uh, I don't think they got that much better but I don't dislike it yeah they definitely didn't get any worse and now they've got enough guys with potential to make plays and score. I don't know about defense, but they should be able to score a lot of points. So 
I don't really have much else on Minnesota. I think they're going to be a little bit more fun to watch this year, but I am not going to be having them at the top of my league pass rankings or anything. Agreed. Um, all right. Golden State, number two, taking the big man, James Wiseman, out of Memphis. They also acquired Kelly Oubre via trade from the Oklahoma City Thunder, sent mm-hmm. back a highly protected first-round pick uh, to OKC. And Did, the trade exception, which was nice. Right. Didn't have to give up anything other than the pick for Oubre. A much-needed pickup for them after the Clay Thompson news, which mm-hmm. is devastating for all basketball fans. I like what they did here, and you can touch on some of the other moves on the fringes. I'm giving them a B plus because I think Wiseman is by far the most talented center that they've had in this entire run. Yeah, I gave them a B. I think Wiseman's definitely a good fit, and I like bringing Oubre in, but I just couldn't give them anything more than that. And maybe it's because the Clay thing's in the back of my mind, and it, it would kind be of, an A if Clay was there, just because yep, how deep that roster would they be. would for sure be a top four roster in the league. And now I look at them and they're probably top 10 still, but there's just a lot of stuff that you're really going to have to wait and see on. And they also bring in Brad Wanamaker over from the Celtics in free agency. He might contribute as kind of a second unit guy like he was in Boston, did a pretty good job. So, you know, they also get Nico Manning in the draft. I'm not sure he's ever going to really amount to much there. Jessup from Boise State. Don't know a ton about him. Is what I've heard. Okay. (laughs) With Clay going down, I think they did about as good as they could have, especially with how capped out they are. They did a good job using their trade exception on Ubre, and it was a well-played offseason for them. I think they did about all they could. Maybe they still go get a guy like Marcus Gasol, who's a remaining free agent, and that could knock him up closer to an A for me. He could be signed by the time we're done here, too. Yeah, that's very realistic. He's probably the next big name off the board. Him and Boogie are about the only real noteworthy names of guys who are going to make a huge difference. You got Saric left also and one or two others, but that's really about it. Yeah, and then I'm intrigued to see my 2KU guys at the two and three for them, Ubre and Andrew Wiggins. And then they also signed Kent Bazemore today for some additional 3 and D depth. Right. Um, Thunder fans, if you're listening, we are Golden State Warriors fans this year. We want them to have a top 10 record in the NBA. If that happens, we will get their first round pick from 21 to 30 in the upcoming draft. That would be great ammunition for us to move up and get Cade Cunningham. Yep, that is the goal <laughs> right now. Cade Cunningham next year, Amani Bates the year after. Let's go. All of a sudden, we're, we're looking pretty spicy. Yes, sir. All right, Charlotte. Taking LaMelo Ball, signing Gordon Hayward in free agency for a monster deal. And they also t- picked Vernon Carey and Nick Richards, which I didn't understand that one at all, in the second round. And they're bringing back Bismack Biombo. I gave them a C. I really like the LaMelo pick, but I think that Hayward contract is pretty bad. And I don't really understand the direction that they're trying to go here. I gave them a B minus and I don't love the Hayward move, but I think they were kind of in the position of, Hey, we can overpay for a guy like Gordon Hayward, or we can go trade for Russell Westbrook. Those are about our only options. We just took LaMelo. Do we really want to pair him with Russ in a backcourt when we still got Terry Rozier and Devonte Graham, your KU guy who has looked pretty nice. So 
I think that they did a decent job given the fact that they're Charlotte and they're not a team that any high quality free agents are going to want to go play for. So I'm okay with the Hayward move. I think it's really a guy that's going to be there to mentor LaMelo. I think that's what MJ was looking for was a solid veteran with a lot of experience who can help develop this guy into a mature, savvy NBA player and not just have him and Terry Rozier there wanting to kill each other every single game. So I like the LaMelo addition a lot also, obviously. And I think Vernon Carey is a guy that could maybe I give like them... He could give them some minutes and be a rotation guy over the next couple of years. I think he's got a good chance to be someone that sticks. And Nick Richard, I guess, or Nick Richards, excuse me, you're just Energy, drafting for rebounding, who extra knows? depth. Yeah, maybe he adds a three ball at some point and can give you some minutes. And then they also signed Bismack Biombo today. So just loading up on the front court depth. I'm not really sure what you're doing, but I, I give him a B minus. I think they got better and not worse, at least. So that's my reasoning on it. Okay, well, let's be clear. I think Lamella is going to be a star. I truly think he's going to be far better than Lonzo Ball in in the NBA. But I gave them a C because, one, they stretched an expiring Nick Batum. So now they're yep. going to be paying him $9 million over the next three years where you see Oklahoma City just absorbing all these crappy expiring contracts or dealing expiring contracts for picks. Instead they're going to pay this guy $9 million when they could just be taken in bad contracts or picks. And then signing Hayward is just accelerating their rebuild. I would say they, they need to tear it all the way down. They need to suck. They need to let LaMelo and Devonte continue to develop in PJ Washington and just get another lottery pick. Now with Hayward, they might make the playoffs, eight seed potentially. They might make it regardless. That's the thing is the East is just so bad and no, wide open. It's going to get a lot better this year. We'll obviously talk about that, but I just okay. I don't yeah, think it makes sense. Be I, I would have rather let those guys suck again, let LaMelo do his thing, get another lottery pick, and get another quality piece. That is fair. I don't hate it, but... I like it a little bit more than you, I suppose. But yeah, I, I'm not in love with their offseason. Wait, well, one more thing. They took Grant Riller, 56. He's a high-volume scorer out of the College of Charleston. A lot of draft nerds really like him. Just a name to watch. All right, let's move it on. That's too much Charlotte. Chicago, <laughs> fourth pick in the draft. Take it away. I give the Bulls a B. They didn't really do a ton. They did add Patrick Williams, who is someone that I think can be pretty solid for them if he develops right and Tibbs turns him into the player that they obviously drafted him thinking he can be. And they just didn't really make a ton of moves in free agency or anything. I mean, they bring back Denzel Valentine, bring in Garrett Temple, and they bring in Devon Dotson, your guy who went undrafted. And they lose Chris Dunn. I just don't see them getting any better this offseason, really, but I don't see them getting any worse. So I just give them a straight C. They were just <laughs> meh. Yeah, I gave them a C plus. Um, Williams at four. He was the biggest riser in the draft. All these people are saying he's the next Kawhi, whatever. Like the guy couldn't start on his own team, which which was a very deep and talented team. But it, it just feels like it could be a little bit of a reach i i think it is yeah we will see he could prove everybody wrong he has the body some of the tools to become a potential all-star type player but 
there's just not enough body of work to really make me that confident that he will be. Um, but on the free agency front, I'm fine with them not bringing in any big names because they have all these young guys who they need to let get shots up, let develop, see how they play together, and then they can make decisions going forward about who they want to keep around. So yeah, I'm giving them a C plus. Okay. And I think they probably did the right thing. There was no moves they could make this offseason that made a ton of sense. You know, you're not going to go spend a ton of money on Fred Van Vliet or anything like that. So that would make no sense. Yeah, just kind of stay the course with your rebuild. See what you got with Kobe White. See if Lowry Markinen and Wendell Carter can make a jump forward and see what happens with Levine. Maybe you get to the deadline and flip him for some assets. Yep. All right, Cleveland, number five, taking Isaac Okoro. This is the only... Noteworthy transaction we could account for them this offseason. Yeah. Losing Tristan Thompson, that's it. Yeah, losing Tristan Thompson, which I like I think it's clear. I think if you suck, you need to let young guys play. So I think that's a fine move for them. Veteran guy yeah. wanted to get paid, didn't no reason to bring him stats. back. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But with the Cavs here. You don't get rid of Kevin Love. I know that would be hard to do. You don't do anything with Andre Drummond. I mean, I gave him a D plus because they <laughs> did nothing. And I think they get worse by doing nothing compared to last year. I mean, I don't see this roster getting a ton better the way it's composed. You're still going to have to play Kevin Love a lot. You're going to have to play Andre Drummond a bunch. And you've got these overpaid aging guys in your front court and then have backcourt and wings full of young guys that are just at a totally different point in their career and I just don't get it I mean I don't I like Okoro there I think him Sexton and Garland could be a pretty nice one two three but I just don't see how the heck those three guys are supposed to develop with the way this team's composed yeah they do have those veteran bigs with Larry Nance, Kevin Love and Drummond as you mentioned uh, I'd think you just have to keep eating the love deal you let Andre Drummond's uh, final year expire this year. You don't have to play him. You, I mean, a smart organization wouldn't just let him run out there nonstop. I think I gave them a B plus because I think the Okoro pick is great for what they have already. They need defenders, and that's exactly what he does. He can also create for people a little bit. So I thought it was a fantastic pick for them. But yeah, they, nothing they really did this offseason moves the needle. They're just another team who needs to get off these old overpaid bigs and just let the young guys get some work. Yeah, that's what I was really hoping for was that they'd move some of these old guys and get like Oklahoma City did, you know, get your timeline in order so you're just not stuck in this consistent repetition where you're mediocre every year you know Perfect. like Cleveland, nba purgatory exactly that's where the, just where where the thunder have been up. losing that in the first true. round every year yeah the Cavs just have to do something different but who knows maybe they've got a trade lined up maybe at the deadline they make some big moves and they've got something up their sleeve but that's enough on the Cavs because i think they're going to be irrelevant for another year all right, the Atlanta Hawks go number six. They take Onyeka Okongwu, the center out of USC, former LaMelo Ball teammate at Chino Hills, and they get Skylar Mays, the double doctor parent uh, basketball player out of LSU at 50. They say he's really smart, just a good heady player. Who knows if he'll ever stick. But on the free agency front, 
Yeah. Atlanta has gone nuts. We've talked about this over the last few weeks. Their ownership group is pushing them to make the playoffs. And I think they're going to this year, picking up Bogdan Bogdanovich for four years. They got Rondo who can mentor Trey young and play some defense for them as well. Danilo Gallinari putting up 20 a game for OKC last year and Chris Dunn, Excellent, excellent perimeter defender coming in for two years, $10 million. They got enough guns in this draft and free agency class to make the seventh, eighth seed for sure, I think. Definitely. I agree with that. I give them an A-, minus, and That's I was I really gave. high on them. Okay, on the same page again. And I don't love spending all this money on guys like Gallo to try and go get a seven or eight seed, but if you're going to do it, I think they did it the right way. I mean, Gallo is a good guy to bring in to mentor some of these younger guys. And where you have these athletic, somewhat defensive-minded bigs in Okongwu, Capella, and John Collins, I know, has kind of questionable defense. But he's a high flyer that's not really known for shooting the ball and playmaking necessarily on offense. So bringing in a guy like Gallo that can do that, I think complements them well. And like you said, with Rondo, it's a great mentor to Trey Young. And then you get another playmaker on the wing with Bogdanovich. And you've also got Herder, you got Cam Reddish, you got DeAndre Hunter. You've got so many of these guys. And it leaves me wondering, one, is John Collins going to be on his way out because he wants a max extension and you just traded for Capella, you just drafted Okongwu, you signed Gallo. I mean, to me, this says... John Collins is gone, and I made the mistake of saying that on Twitter, and I've had Hawks fans in my mentions all weekend to the point where I had to start blocking them because I'm what? getting guys with like, yes, guys with like three followers are spamming me like, you you're an idiot. They would Hawks never fans following in you? my mentions. No, I replied to a tweet, and I guess a lot of them <laughs> saw my reply because Hawks fans started replying and just kept replying and kept replying, right, yeah. and it just hasn't stopped. And I've made them very angry. They don't think John Collins is on the move, but do you think he's on the move? And then what do you think their starting lineup's going to look like? There's been all these murmurs about them not really thinking he has a place for them long term. So I don't know if he's on the move entirely, but I think Gallinari is going to start at the four there and Capella is going to be at the five. Yeah. And between Okongwu as well and DeAndre Hunter, who they've been playing at the four. I don't see where he fits. I don't know what his trade value is because teams are going to know he wants right. the bag in the offseason. Right. So that's something to monitor for sure. But, man, just looking at the roster, I don't know You know how... There's not we, enough minutes to go around. How does Reddish fit in? How does Kevin Herter, White Larry... White Larry Bird, right? Larry Bird 2.0. Come on. <laughs> Larry Bird was white. Larry Bird 2.0. I don't know how all these guys play. But... I don't either. I don't know what Hunter's supposed to do. I mean, that was a guy that you moved up for recently in the draft and were really high on. Yeah. And what what's his fit now? You know, he between Collins, Okongwu, Capello, and Gallo, or Capella and Gallo, excuse me, what, where does he fit in? He doesn't. I really don't know. And then at guard, it's... Trey, Bogey, Rondo, Chris Dunn, um, Herter was honestly their starting two guard. So, I, and Herter should get at least twenty minutes a game. I mean, you the guy's think. pretty good, and I don't, yeah, I don't get it to a degree. I mean, you're flooded with talent and depth now, so that's a good thing. 
but I'm just worried it might stunt the development of some of these younger guys. And that's the reason why I have them at an A minus and not an A or an A plus. But they brought in a ton of talent. So if that's what ownership wanted to do, they got the job done. Yep. They definitely got better. How much better? We will see. Agreed. Agreed. All right. On to, let's see, the seventh pick here. The Detroit Pistons. Yes. I think they have crushed this offseason for the most part. Like Atlanta, Uh, I gave them an A-. Whoa. So I think where you're getting at is that you're going to dump all over them for signing Mason Plumlee and Jaleel Okafor. Um, I'm going to give him a D minus for some questionable moves. Okay, let's hear it then. Well, you're paying Jeremy Grant three years, $60 million. And I understand the logic behind that, but this is another team that has no direction and no timeline. And I don't get why you're paying big money to a guy like that over a three year period when he's going to be 30 in a couple years, he's at his prime. If not, you know, right at the peak, he doesn't have it's not like he's 25 years old or 24 years old and you're getting him around to have with this young core. You've already got Blake Griffin there. I mean, you're paying Plumley, you're paying Okafor, you bring in Josh Jackson, who is a bust. I mean, I guess maybe there's a chance. Yeah, there's a chance he could be something. You're bringing Okafor, I guess, to come off the bench. I don't mind picking up DeLon Wright in a trade, but you let Christian Wood walk. You trade away Luke Kennard. You drafted pretty well. I will say I like their draft with Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey, and Saban Lee. I I thought that was well. They did really well draft night, and I was kind of thinking, okay, Troy Weaver, Detroit, they're doing a damn good job. And then free agency hits and all the good things I wanted to say about them, I immediately take back. Okay. I think that's fair. I gave them the A- minus for the draft. I'm not as concerned. It's a fair draft grade about the free agents. I, I, I do like the Grant pickup. And if you're Troy Weaver, a longtime OKC exec, I think you're just trying to be relevant once again. You're trying to get Detroit fans excited about this team. And if that's the goal, I think they did really well. We, we both know you love Killian Hayes. You think he has amazing upside at guard. Yeah, uh, Isaiah Stewart is a guy who I have heard nothing but good things about. Some people just think they reached at 16 because he's 6'9", he's not 7 feet. And then Sadiq Bey, only a sophomore out of Villanova, 44% three-point shooter, can guard one through four most likely. I thought that was an excellent pick, and a contender should have picked him a little bit earlier. So, yeah. yeah. I really like what they did there. Whenever you factor in Sekou Dumbuya, who's still, you know, a, a big question mark, but I think talented, and you look at some of the other stuff they have there, I like where they're going. But yes, Brandon Mason Plumley and Okafor, it's it's a little hairy. I do have one thing on Mason Plumley and. Who else He's not a bad here? player. It's just... Yeah, Plumlee and Grant. So this was floated a couple days ago that the contracts of those two match yeah. up perfectly with Blake Griffin. And so could this be a move where it's a sign and trade and 
Detroit gets off Blake Griffin and ends up sending him back to the Nuggets, maybe with a pick or something attached, who knows. But nothing has come to fruition with that yet. And I'm waiting to see because that would change how I feel about the Nuggets and the Pistons offseason, but nothing yet. Yeah, uh, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen anymore. That would have been a very interesting move for Denver, but I don't think it would have made sense when you have Michael Porter Jr. ready to step up in that four spot. Yeah, but they lost a lot, man. We'll get to them in a second. Okay, so agree to disagree on Detroit. Love the young talent that they brought in. Let's move on to eight. The New York Knicks selected Obi Toppin at eight, Emmanuel Quickly, a knockdown shooter from Kentucky at 25. I was high on him. I liked that pick. And in free agency, they picked up a bunch (laughs) of guys on one-year deals. They're keeping that flexibility for Giannis. And I think most importantly, what they did this offseason was let Bobby Portis and Taj Gibson go so they can actually let Obi Toppin get those minutes that he deserves if you're going to take him at eight overall. So I'm giving them a C plus. Eek. Uh, this was my lowest offseason grade here. Really? This was my only F. Okay. And Why? I give them an F because you pass on a guy in Halliburton who could have been a great fit with RJ Barrett, and they still don't have any ball handlers. They have no playmakers. I mean, you have RJ right. who's kind of a <laughs> he's like a one, two, three kind of little bit of everything and you still got Randall there who is a problem taking up minutes and touches from guys who need it you don't really bring in anyone that's going to help the young guys develop you add Alec Burks Nerlens Noel bring back Alfred Payton and you get Austin Rivers I mean the Austin Rivers pickup is their best move and that's an incredibly underwhelming move I mean you don't get Fred Van Vliet you don't trade for Chris Paul you don't do any of the stuff they've talked about and it might be smart i mean if they just want to tank another year and try to keep building up picks i like the ob toppin pick but for me ob toppin's a guy that would be a whole lot better if you've got at least a ball handler or another playmaker on the team i don't think you can just throw the ball to ob toppin 50 times a game and say hey go make a play and keep us in it and let's go get the eight seed and if if you were gonna add just random free agents for pretty much no reason. I would have liked to see them get a veteran guy or two who can really mentor those young guys. And I guess Austin rivers can kind of do that, but (laughs) there's so many other guys I would have rather had first. Okay. That's, that's very fair. I just think Obi Toppin will be a great Nick. I, I legit think he's going to be a good player. I know some people just completely dog on him for his lateral movement. Yeah. Can we stop talking about people's hips and see if they can actually play basketball for once? Like, come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm up in the air on top and I think he could be good, but I'm not like, I'm not on the rookie of the year train for him already. Like I'm people. not totally on that either. Um, I think you made an excellent point about them still needing a point guard. They just need a star or like a really solid player at guard. I think RJ Barrett should have a lot of the playmaking responsibility. I still think Agreed. he's going to be good. You brought up Halliburton though. Do you think he's ever going to make an all-star team? I would bet no. Maybe, but my thing is if you're New York, you still need someone decent to handle the ball. And I get you might think long run Obi Toppin is better, but for me, 
you could get another guard and you could have Halliburton, you could have RJ Barrett and another guard. And I think Halliburton would have been point, a good fit with RJ. Yeah, because Halliburton is a combo <laughs> guard. Right, maybe I need to lower my grade a little. He does not have to have the ball in his hands all the time, but he can play make and facilitate for other guys. And if it is getting to a point where maybe RJ struggling with turnovers or he's just not playing that well and you decide, hey, we want to play him off ball more and have somebody else create for him, Halliburton can do that. Whereas now, what? Are you going to ask Alfred Payton to go play make for the team and create for yeah. him? Like, <laughs> I would rather not. Or Austin Rivers, I guess, maybe. Very fair. We need to move it on. Um, I'm yep. going to put this on the record. I think Halliburton's ceiling is probably like Malcolm Brogdon. Which I would take. I, I think that's That'd completely be great. fair, and I would take that. Okay. I just had to say that because everyone is so high on him. And I saw Devon Dotson rip him to shreds, and he had like six, five, and three. And he's supposed to go top four? Not totally sure. All right. Okay. Okay. Washington at nine. Denny Avdija, Cassius Winston at 53, and they bring back Davis Bertans, who got the bag, $80 million over five years. Picked up Robin Lopez, Raul Neto, and Anthony Gill, another Virginia guy who is excelling overseas. I gave them a a B. I think Avdija can provide something that they need on the wing. And I I give them some points for bringing back Bertans. Okay, I give them a D plus. And part of the reason I'm so down on them is because of the shit storm they now have going on with John Wall. I mean, that isn't like an on the books move that should like factor in here really, I guess. But for me, you now have a dumpster fire going on where your highest paid player and second best player, maybe best player at one point, does not want to be there because you are rebuilding around the guy on the team that's better and healthy, I guess. And I don't know what John Wall's doing. I don't know if this was like an excuse for him to want out. I don't know where he thinks he's going to go. But you now have locker room drama, and you didn't really get any better, in my opinion. I mean, Abdiha did fall to them, and that was a decent pickup, but I still am not sold on Abdiha being any good. So I give them a D plus because I just don't think they got hardly any better. And I think their locker room is now a disaster. I haven't really read into this John Wall stuff. I don't really think it's anything other than noise. So I guess we disagree there. Who would you have liked them to take over Abdiha? Do you have someone in mind? Not necessarily. They were kind of in a tough spot. I thought if they could move up for Okongwu, that would have been great. Or if he fell to them. I think maybe even a safer guy like Devin Vassell could have been good. Yeah. Um, I just am not sure that Avdiha is ever going to turn into the playmaker and solid wing people think he's going to be. I think this might be a Dragon Bender and uh, Mario Hazonia type pick. Okay. Of all the international guys, he played against the best competition. He can defend and he's not really going to need to do much offensively for them so i think it could work i'm i'm it not might. i'm not huge i could be dead wrong him. all right that's enough for washington let's get to the one and only phoenix suns at number 10 the floor is yours okay i was so excited after the chris paul trade i thought james jones has got it we're going in the right direction 
we're going to have a really good draft. And I'm watching, I'm watching. Halliburton doesn't go five. He doesn't go six. He doesn't go seven. He doesn't go eight. And then we're to the point where he's either going to go to the Wizards or go to Phoenix. It, it seems like a shoe-in. You know, we're either going to end up with Abdiha or Halliburton. And I'm nervous as hell. I'm sweating. We pass or excuse me, Washington passes on Halliburton, goes with Abdiha, and Halliburton sitting there at 10 seems like just I think a great everyone fit. thought it, it was going to happen. Yeah, this guy gets to run your second unit. He gets to sit behind Chris Paul for two years, and then you hand him the keys, and he's Devin Booker's running mate for the next 10 years. Malcolm I mean, Brogdon and Devin Booker in the same backcourt. It would be great. And <laughs> I think Devin Booker can he's the combo guard that can go get his buckets when he wants and he can play make and facilitate at times too and i think halliburton is a lot of the same way except he's a better defender and he is not as yeah and he's not gonna take as many shots and he's a guy that is very low maintenance he's a glue guy he is someone that is going to do whatever booker needs him to if it's a night where booker wants to really score and handle most of the ball handling duties that's awesome Halliburton's good with that he can play off ball he can defend he can knock down threes if it's a night where Devin Booker wants to play off ball more and pick and pop and that's what he's getting from the defense Halliburton can facilitate and run the offense and everything will work smoothly I just it made too much sense we pass we take Jalen Smith out of Maryland who I guess is going to be a rotation player that maybe plays the four we're still trying to bring Sarge back I don't know if it will maybe in a year or two but I don't think Right. right away and it could be worse. You know, I think we did a good job in free agency. I like Jay Crowder. We also got Damian Jones. I gave us a B, just a solid B. Okay. I gave them a solid B as well. They're going to be a top seven, top six team in the West yeah. based on the Chris Paul edition and what he can do with DeAndre Ayton in the pick and roll. I really like the Jay Crowder pickup on the wing as well. That's good depth with Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. They got your boy Javon Carter back who can play Mm -hmm. some defense. And Jalen Smith is just a big who will shoot it without question from three at a good clip. He can rebound and run the floor well and block some shots. So I think he'll have some utility for them. I, I understand why you're upset, but this team got better even with the Smith pick. Definitely got better, and I go back to last year's draft with the Cam Johnson pick. I wanted us to take Brandon Clark. We passed on him, and you know what? Brandon Cam Johnson Clark would ended play up being a great. Jalen Smith role. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would kill two birds with one stone. But Cam Johnson ended up okay. James Jones seems like he knows what he's doing, and I'm just gonna have to be patient and have faith, and not just go crazy and drive myself nuts so we'll see what happens but let's move it along because i could keep talking for another hour if we don't (laughs) all right at 11 not too much on the san antonio spurs but i really like their draft picks and devin vassell out of florida state and trey jones out of duke i think they got two excellent defenders vassell can do a little bit of everything and shoot it well so I think he's going to be a great player for them. They also re-signed Jakob Pertl, who I think was coveted by a handful of teams. I like that. I gave them an A- for the picks. Okay. I really like them. I think they have a ton of young talent. If they can do something smart with DeRozan and Aldridge here, I'd That's give them I'm an A-plus offseason. Okay. 
I gave them a C minus, but let me say that is <laughs> really hinging on the fact that LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan are still on their roster. Do because not there was let a lot DeRozan of buzz. expire for nothing. Right. And you might as well try and flip LaMarcus Aldridge also because someone will take these guys that is desperate to win now and they will probably give you an asset for him and overpay because DeRozan's a guy the Lakers had interest in. And it really seemed like before the Schroeder trade happened and some of their other moves, it seemed like he was going to go to L.A. and they were probably going to get Kuzma some picks, some young guys back. And it was kind of a win win for both teams. But they're both still there. They lose Bryn Forbes. They're going to lose Bellinelli. And I'm just not really sure they got any better. So that's I think they got a little bit worse, in all honesty. That's why I give them a C minus, but I, I do like the draft. I think Jones will be a decent replacement to Bryn Forbes. And I think that Devin Vassell will come in there and contribute right away. All right. On to 12. It's Sacramento who took your guy, Tyrese Halliburton, who should mm-hmm. be a fantastic fit next to the newly minted De'Aaron Fox, who got five million or five years, 163 million, a little bit more than 5 million. Yeah. Um, I gave them an A minus. I think if they would have gotten that return, which wasn't that good of a return from Milwaukee in the Bogdanovich sign and trade, I would have given them a better grade. Yes. But the Halliburton fit next to Fox is awesome. So that's why I'm being generous here. And then Robert Woodard is a wing, excellent size and athleticism out of Mississippi state. A lot of draft nerds liked him. And then Jemias mm-hmm. Ramsey out of Texas tech who shot 42% as a freshman from three. He's a name to watch someone who could develop into a nice little off the bench scorer. Yeah. I think they killed the draft. I gave them a C plus and would have given them probably a high B, maybe even an A if they would have been able to sign and trade Bogdanovich for something better and not just let him walk in free agency. So that's the reason why my grade isn't higher on them. And I think, like you said, Halliburton is a great fit with Fox, but I just wanted to see them do something with Bogdanovich or do something in free agency. I just don't see where they get any better they still don't really have any bigs i mean you've got marvin bagley but that's about I thought they it. should have kept harry giles i thought so as well that's another guy they let walk for nothing and losing bogdanovich and giles those were two of your better rotation players so <laughs> yeah. yeah good point uh the draft though they did crush anything else nope that is it crush the draft all right 13 the new orleans pelicans i'm giving them a b plus They did not press fast forward on the timeline like the Atlanta Hawks did. They have young, talented players, obviously. Zion Williamson, uh, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Now they bring in Kira Lewis Jr. out of Alabama, who's younger than Cole Anthony and put up very impressive numbers in his second year. He's also one of the fastest players that came out of this draft class. I think he's going to be a solid player for them. And then why I give them a B plus because they got a mother load for drew holiday. They're yep. tearing it down. And then they also brought in Steven Adams. Who's going to be good for them in, in year one there. And they're going to keep him around too. word on the street is they're going to resign him. He's obviously going to be getting a whole lot less than the 26, 25 mil a year. Whatever. Oklahoma city was paying him. Yeah. So I, I gave the Pelicans a solid B 
And one thing that just makes me giddy thinking about, imagine someone trying to drive into the lane when you've got Zion and Steven Adams waiting wow. for them. That's just <laughs> Get out absolutely of terrifying. I would hate to be playing against them and trying to create anything in the paint. And those are two guys also that are going to be incredible screeners. I mean, you think you've got Steven Adams and Zion coming to set high screens on the pick mm. and roll for you. That's going to be deadly. So I really like what the Pelicans did. And like you had said, how much they got back for Drew, you've got to give them a good grade because of that. And Kira Lewis was a solid pick, and they absorbed Bledsoe in the trade that they made or one of the trades that they had made for Drew Holiday. So I don't love him there, but I think he's a guy that's probably going to get rerouted, and you took him on to get a better deal. It's a smart move. It's playing for the future. David Griffin knows what he's doing. He's staying the course. Mm-hmm. David Griffin and Sam Presti doing their thing. I'm I'm very yeah, excited to see Kara Lewis there because that team is going to be a track team. Yeah, they are. They're going <laughs> to play so fast and be a lot of fun. And Bledsoe does fit that style of play if right. they do keep him around. He's athletic. He can push the ball. So they're going to be a fun team to watch. Free JJ. Let's get him on a contender. Yep. He does not <laughs> fit their timeline. But No. All right. Boston at 14. 26 and 47 selected Aaron Neesmith, the dead eye, 52% shooter out of Vandy, Peyton Pritchard, Pac-12 player of the year, and Yam Madar, who is Dini Abdiha's teammate at Maccabi Tel Aviv and has been characterized as a bulldog. Um, what do you wow. what do you think or what, what grade did you give them for the draft? And then we can talk about the Tristan Thompson pickup and what that does for them. So the entire offseason, I gave them a B minus. I think they did a pretty good job in the draft. I like the pickup of Tristan Thompson, like you had mentioned, but my grade is not higher because they did let Hayward walk. They didn't sign and trade him and get anything back. And then they also lose a couple key role players. So I think they got better, but I'm not sure how much better they got. Okay. Um, I think Thompson is an upgrade over Ennis Cantor, especially defensively, both great rebounders. Um, they gave Jason Tatum the bag, so maybe letting Hayward go helps them save some money. Um, and then Aaron Neesmith at 14 and Peyton Pritchard. I, I don't think Madar is going to be in their <laughs> on their roster this year. Probably um, on the G League. Yeah, Neesmith is good, in my opinion, because they already have so many ball-dominant players. Now they have a huge upgrade in shooting over Simi Ojale um, down at the bottom of their bench. And then Peyton Pritchard, I just like a lot. I think he's going to carve out a role for himself and be a six, seven, eight-year Kirk Heinrich-type player in the NBA. Okay. I like that. And they also bring in Jeff Teague in free agency. So a guy that's probably going to replace Brad Wanamaker as yeah. the second unit kind of facilitator. He's going to bridge so. the gap to Peyton Pritchard. Probably. <laughs> that is probably his role. I like what they did. I, I think they get a little bit better, but not a ton. And I honestly have never thought Hayward was the right fit. I thought there was always a little bit of contention because Brad Stevens is his guy. And there was, you know, the whole spoon feeding Hayward thing when he was coming off the injury. And I'm just not sure that that locker room ever was sold on Hayward being one of the best players on that team. I think everyone kind of knew that Tatum and Brown were the future and the present and that Hayward just 
didn't make sense taking touches away from all of those guys that were younger and just as good and deserved them. So it, yeah. it's a win-win for Hayward and Boston, I think, probably letting him go. Yeah, I think he spread his touches between Kimba, Jalen, and Tatum, obviously. And then some of those shots will go to Neesmith and Marcus Smart from three. So I like what they did there. On to Orlando at 15. They took Cole Anthony. I think this was a somewhat controversial selection at 15. Uh, He was very emotional on draft night. He said he struggled like 20 times. I lost count um, in his little speech, but happy for the kid. I think he's going to be good for them. And I really don't know what this team could have done this offseason to get better, but I think this is at least a start. I like the Cole Anthony pick. He's better than he's going to be better than DJ Augustine. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) I'm just not sure that with the roster they have right now, he's going to be able to do very much and develop a ton. I mean, I guess you still got Vooch there who he can run the pick and roll with and be pretty solid. And you've got Aaron Gordon who, if he's healthy and playing could be a decent fit with him, but I gave him a D just because I expected them to flip some of these guys like Gordon and Vooch that are on not great contracts, but not awful ones. And that way you can kind of clear some minutes for your Cole Anthony, for your Markel Fultz, for your Isaac when he's back and healthy. And your guys like that that are, yes, your guys that are the future. And I just don't understand why you try and hold on to these guys and compete for the eight seed when they're another team that's just stuck in NBA limbo. They need to get out of it and get rid of some of these older guys that don't fit the timeline. Yeah, good draft pick, but the direction they're going in did not get any clearer whatsoever. So I think a D is probably a correct grade. Okay. All right, let's go on. 17, this is us. The Oklahoma City Thunder traded Ricky Rubio 25 and 28 to get their guy, Alexi Pokasevsky, who I have talked myself into so hard over these past four or five days. And then at 34, they also get Teo Maladon, a French point guard plays for or played for Tony Parker's team. He'll be over this year as well. And then at 37, a guy who is on very few draft boards, Vit Krejci. I think he's Croatian or Czech. He can he's shoot not American. really well. Can but he, he tore his ACL in September, so we're not going to see right. him anytime soon. I gave them an A, and that has a lot to do with the other moves they made, which is just many, many, many. It's just the draft picks. So I gave us an A- minus because how can you not with how many future picks we acquired? And we take on so many players here. You know, we get Horford back. We get Justin Jackson, James Johnson, Admiral Schofield, George Hill, and seemingly trade away everyone else on the roster. And now there is Shea, there is Dort, there's Baisley, and then there's all the guys we drafted. And that's pretty much Diallo also is still there. And that's pretty much it. But I think this is a move that was all in on the future. And it's the right way to go. Sam Presti's not going to get stuck in limbo. Right. This is what you got to do to win a ring. If you're a small market and you really want to win a championship, this is how it's done. This is not what our Charlotte's doing, Atlanta, Detroit, um, you name it. 
Yeah, 100%. Oklahoma City is never, they're never going to be a free agent destination. No one's ever going to be like, man, I can't wait to be a free agent and go to Oklahoma City. It's just never going to happen. So you build through the draft, and that's what Presti's doing. And we're going to go get Cade Cunningham next year and Amani Bates the year after that. And then we have a ridiculous amount of cap space available and can go sign a max player or maybe two and pair them with all those young guys and go get a ring. Yeah, whenever you have. Cade, Shea, Lou Dort, Pokasevsky, Baisley, Teo Maladon. That's like seven deep of quality players. And then you're going to have all these other picks at your disposal in 23, 24, 25 that you can just throw at any team, say, I will take your disgruntled star to come and fit in with these guys. And then Oklahoma City will be a top line contender if they can hit on any of these next couple of drafts. Yep. Three to five years, OKC is going to be running the West. Yeah, I mean, they flipped Schroeder for a first. They flipped Danny Green for a first. They flipped Steven Adams, Albatross contract for a first. And then and some seconds. Yeah, let's talk about these two draft picks. Pokusevsky is seven feet. He can shoot off the dribble. He can catch and shoot from three. He can pass. He can handle the ball. He's 18 years old, youngest player in the draft. If he pans out at all, He's going to be in the NBA for 12, 15 years. And then Teo Maladon is also another starting caliber player. Go watch. Maladon might be the steal of the draft. Yeah, go watch him on YouTube. I've heard people say the gap between him and Killian Hayes in France is not that big. I think they just see some of the moves that Hayes does with like the step back threes and whatnot, and that looks a little bit familiar. But Maladon is super skilled, passing, shooting, you name it. He's going to be good. Yeah, Maladon is someone that I had seen in a lot of mock drafts going Top late 20. teens, early 20s. Yeah. yeah, that's where I thought he would go. And so the fact that he fell to us in the second round was just awesome. And Pokusevsky, like you had said, the youngest player in the draft. This is a long run He's already potential here too. pick. I wish Steven Adams would have been around to teach him how to set hard screens and <laughs> eat steaks and do all of the good manly things he does so well but Pokusevsky is a question mark man if he can pan out that will be awesome but I just I have no idea I, I'm waiting to see on him because until I see him actually playing <laughs> I would NBA him players go we'll this see. year man December 22 he better be on the floor we will see I hope he is but I, I just have no idea what to expect yeah, a couple other things. George Hill shot 45%. He led the NBA in three-point percentage last season. He is expiring. Trevor Ariza has been traded more than anyone in the league, in league yeah. history, actually. Both of those guys will probably not be on our roster at the end of the season. No. And then also you throw in Admiral Schofield, who comes like over Sch from the Wizards. He's just going to be a fun guy to have on the roster. And yeah. this, this is going to be a wild year for us. We're going to suck, but... If we these, might only win five games. Yeah. If these two draft picks play for us, it's going to be exciting. You're going to see some young guys develop. Shea's going to take 25 shots a game. It's going to yep. be fun. It will be. And last thing, we also have a stupid amount of cap space currently. So expect Presti to just absor absorb and absorb As bad contracts throughout the year. Yep. Right. That's what's going to happen. And more and more picks are going to come flying in. That's an A for Oklahoma City. At 18. A minus from me. All right. The Dallas Mavericks selected Josh Green. They took Tyrell Terry, someone we're both high on at 31, and Tyler Bay, 
an excellent athletic defender out of Colorado at 36. I gave them an A this offseason because I think they made a lot of moves and you can jump on these trades they made and free agent signings as well. How are you feeling about Dallas? I give them an A minus. I like what they did a lot. I love their draft. I think they did a great job adding talent to go around Luka. And then you trade Seth Curry, but it allows you to get back Josh Richardson and Tyler Bay. And I think it's an upgrade just due to fit. I mean, Curry plays a lot of the role that I think they're going to try and have Tyrell Terry play, just shooting around Luka. And then Richardson is... I would say he's just as good of a defender as Seth Curry. And you oh, also better, get way better, I would say. Okay. So way better. All right. Then we get a real big upgrade. And you also get <laughs> Tyler Bay, who's going to be providing some great defense as well. I think he's, he's on the Pac 12 defensive player of the year. Bay's on a two way? Yeah. Really? So okay. Maybe I don't know how much. Might not play a ton, but if they need some defensive depth, that's a guy that they've got on the roster. And like I was saying, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. So he's going to be able to make a defensive impact right away if you need him to. And Josh Green as well. Someone who I I was saying maybe he's just another Terrence Ferguson. You said you watched a lot of Arizona this last year. So yeah. Go ahead and give me your thoughts on Green and Zeke Naji while we're here. I was never that impressed with Green. Naji, I was though, because he was just a high flyer that was always getting his nose in the middle of plays. He was blocking shots. He was getting high flying putbacks and he was kind of out of control. But he was mm. someone that you watch and think, man, after another year or two, if this guy can get some touch and add a jump shot, he's going to be legit. And With Green, you see him, and he's just an athlete. He's someone that is going to be able to defend one through four, probably. And the thing that sold me the most on him was the clip of him playing Aussie Rules football. I thought that was sick, and I didn't know all that about him. And after watching that on draft night, I was like, all right, I'm really rooting for this guy now. Yeah, he was one of the highest recruited players in the country coming to Arizona. Crazy athleticism, and he'll probably just be a classic 3 and D guy. Um, yep. I thought Sadiq Bay might have been a safer pick, though. Yeah, I thought so as well, but <laughs> green might work out. Who knows? Yeah, they definitely got better, and they got Wesley Awundu. They re-signed Trey Burke, who killed it in the bubble, and then Willie Cauley-Stein, another good center they're going to need while KP is getting better from that injury uh, in the bubble, so... Not bad. Let's go to Miami here. Yes, so Miami did not do a ton. They're really just running it back, but they did add Avery Bradley, which I thought was pretty big because they lost Derek Jones Jr., which was a guy they had on the second team, really there for defense. And I think adding Avery Bradley helps them a ton because they also lose Jay Crowder, and he's someone that's going to hit threes and play defense and just be out there to essentially strengthen their defensive core, which is already pretty good. Yeah, um, Precious Achua, people are that saying... That was also a good pickup in the yeah, draft. Yeah, one of the best fits as far as the draft went. Um, what is it? American Conference Player of the Year, put up 15 and 10, and another top 10 recruit who is just crazy athletic, crazy motor, should come in and back up Bam. And then they also get Mo Harkless, who's going to play some Derrick Jones-type role for them. Right. Right. Um, I don't think they got a ton better, if at all, but I do think the Precious Achua pick was really good. 
I, gave I agree. Them a B. I think I gave them a B plus because I think that was their biggest weakness. They got exposed in the finals by Anthony Davis, and when Bam went down, it was really apparent that they needed another big that can play defense. So I think you fill that hole and you replace what you lost in Crowder and Derek Jones Jr. with Mo Harkless and Avery Bradley. I think maybe even a little bit of an upgrade. So I think they got better. I give them a B plus. They're going to be right back in the Eastern Conference picture next year. All right. The Philadelphia 76ers, A plus. I'm starting there. They, okay. they completely flipped the makeup of their roster while keeping their two stars. And they now have the the best fitting team that those two stars have had since maybe JJ Redick and Robert Covington. They got shooters. They got Seth Curry and Danny Green. That's that's way better than Josh Richardson, in my opinion, just for what they have. And then they got off Al Horford's monster contract, which never made any sense whatsoever. And then in the draft, man, Tyrese Maxey, we both think is a steal. He's not going to yeah. have to do much at all in year one but he could come out and end up starring like Kendrick Nunn or Tyler Hero did for Miami. Isaiah Joe out of Arkansas, just a volume shooter. And then my guy, steal of the draft, the analytics junkie favorite player, Paul Reed out of DePaul. You were talking about him leading up to the draft, and he was kind of a no-name for me, but I like that they got Maxi. I like that they picked up Dwight Howard in free agency. They traded for Seth Curry, also traded for Danny Green and Terrence Ferguson, and I think they got better, and they got off Al Horford's contract. They got more shooters around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, so I think they get better, and I give them an A-. Okay. Paul Doing Reed. a darn good job, though. Watch out, man. Maury, Maury was on it. John Hollinger, that's the dude who created PER. Uh, they love that guy. Okay. Denver Nuggets, 22 and 24. They got Zeke Naji out of Arizona and RJ Hampton from the New Zealand Breakers. I really like what they did in the draft, getting Hampton, mm-hmm. another kind of project player. They've done this with Bol Bol, with MPJ, with Jokic. He won't have to do anything in year one because they're already really good. Um, They bring back Paul Millsap and sign Facundo Campazzo. Uh, I don't know where he's from, but I watched. I I don't have anything on him. He's a point guard. I watched him on YouTube, just flashy passes. Um, But they lose Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumlee, two big losses. Mm -hmm. What are you giving them? I give them a C, and I like what they did in the draft. Their draft grade for me is probably A minus, but I don't like free agency at all. I don't like losing Grant. And Tory Craig. I don't yeah, I don't like losing Plumley. I don't like losing Craig. I am just not sure that this team really got any better. So C. I think they're just about the same, just a straight C. Okay. Excited to see what RJ Hampton can do and Me too. Michael Porter Jr. is gonna be let loose. Oh, they also signed Jamichael Green, who will you know shoot threes and be able to was defend a good pickup. Center, so that was a solid pickup. All right, Utah, at twenty-seven and thirty-nine. Udoka Azabuke and yeah, Elijah Hughes, a shooter out of Syracuse, in free agency. They bring back Jordan Clarkson on what I thought was a favorable deal. He was huge for them in the bubble, putting up massive points off the bench. 
Derek Favors, more depth at center behind Rudy, and they signed Donovan Mitchell to the max. What do you give them? I gave them a C plus. That is exactly what I gave them. I think they got a little bit better, but not a ton, and they're pretty much running it back with the same group. Yeah, I think Doak um, is actually going to be good for them because he pretty much plays exactly like Rudy Gobert. He can move well. Um, He's really good at hedging screens and blocking shots. He's got better hands than Rudy. Just watch Rudy Gobert play basketball, and it will take two seconds to teach you that. Um, Yeah, I don't know how much better they get, but Donovan Mitchell will continue to get better every year, so they're going to be frisky yet again. Yep, I agree with that as well. All right, Toronto, 29. They selected Malachi Flynn, Jalen Harris at 59, who I've never heard of. And they bring back Fred Van Vliet, four-year, $85 million, the epitome Big of betting bag. on yourself. Yes. But they lost Serge Ibaka, and they might be losing mm-hmm. Mark Gasol. I have given them a C-. minus. It will get a little better if they get Gasol back. Yeah, I gave him a straight C just because they retained Fred Van Vliet. It looked like he might leave, maybe. People didn't really know. So they brought him back, but they lose a little bit of talent as well. So just a straight C. Oh, before we move on here from the Raptors, they have just re-signed Chris Boucher to your 13 mil and let Marcus Gasol go. Actually, he just didn't choose them. He's going to the Los Angeles Lakers. Ooh, that's big time. <laughs> and that's then big time. the Raptors are bringing in Aaron Baines, who that's a great pickup for them. That I, is a solid replacement. Yeah, excellent backup center. Can shoot threes for you. We'll, we'll space the floor for them. Um, is that a wash to you? Baines yeah. and Gasol, pretty similar at this point in their careers. I was going to say, I think Gasol's definitely the better, higher-profile player, but he's at the end of his career, and I just don't really know how much left he's got in the tank, and Baines yeah. is really at the prime of his career, coming off a couple pretty good seasons if he can stay healthy. So, yeah, I think that's about a wash. Okay, and... Yeah, Chris Boucher coming back. If you watch the bubble, you might know who he is as well. Played at Oregon, long, rangy center who's just wildly athletic. Got a little Paul Reed in him. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But on the Lakers front, let's just jump into them since they didn't have any draft picks and we were going to hit them last. Um, Mm -hmm. JaVale McGee, fan favorite, being traded to the Cleveland Cavs for Jordan Bell and Alfonso McKinney. This is to clear cap space for Marc Gasol. Uh, Bobby Marks tweeted that they're going to have to at least partially guarantee some of the money to Bell and McKinney to make this deal happen. Um, They're waivable, but I guess they had to pay him something for the salaries to match up there. Right. Um, I like the pickup for the Lakers. We both love the Schroeder pickup for them. That gives yep. them another ball handler, uh, scorer, creator that they really didn't have last season at all. Um, I think Kuzma maybe is like the third go get a bucket guy on their team, which sucks. KCP, brought KCP back, so. yeah. Um, KCP, man, getting paid from the Los Angeles Lakers, just making a career out of that. He's getting that uh he's getting that clutch 
I don't even know what you'd call it. The clutch discount, opposite of a discount. I don't know. Clutch guarantee. Premium. The clutch premium. Yeah, the clutch premium. There it is. Three contracts. He got the one for 18 a few years back. I think he was two for 15 the last couple years. And now three for 40. It's ridiculous. But Schroeder, KCP, Marcus Saul, and Montrez Harrell, they have the top two vote getters and the sixth man of the year. I love those pickups for them because that's going to let LeBron James coast all regular season long. Those guys are going to win them games without a doubt and keep them high up there in the seating um, like they were last year. So those are all excellent pickups. You still have Caruso, who's just a workhorse. Um, No Avery Bradley, though, didn't need him in the bubble. And no Rondo, who's departed to Atlanta, as we mentioned earlier. Um, the Rondo loss, I think, does hurt a little bit, but Schroeder... it hurts a lot. Yeah, Schroeder should give them something that even Rondo couldn't do. Yeah, um, but it's a, it's a different kind of give and take because with Rondo, he's there getting tips and keeping offensive boards alive and getting steals when nobody would expect... The... Yeah, he's doing, he's doing little things that you need on a championship team and as much offense and grittiness that and even energy that Schroeder provides I'm worried that they're going to be missing the brains and the well-timed plays of Rondo a little bit and yeah I think you also mentioned right Wes Matthews bringing oh, him in I forgot Wes Matthews yeah okay. he can replace Danny Green for you that's for sure yeah so in total they add Montrez Harrell they add Schroeder they return KCP, bring him back, and they add Wes Matthews. They lose Danny Green, they lose Dwight, and they lose Rondo. Also adding Mark Gasol, I forgot that. <laughs> yeah, I had originally given them a C- before the Gasol news oh, because, man. oh, also lost Dwight Howard. I, I'm not sure if I said that already, yeah, but there, there's so much in and out here. I did not think that they got any better. I thought Schroeder and Montrose Harrell were decent pickups for the regular season. I do like Schroeder in the playoffs, but with Trez, we saw it with the Clippers. He's not even a guy that you can really leave on the court the last five minutes of the game. And I don't think I just, he'll be out there. Yeah, I don't either. And I guess you replaced Dwight with him, which is pretty solid. Maybe a little bit of an upgrade. Or Gasol. Gasol will be out there instead yeah, of... Yeah, Gasol will be out there too. Dwight. I guess... I, this Gasol thing changes it a lot. This takes it from kind of like a, eh, I'm not sure how much better they got to a definite, yeah, the Lakers got better this offseason for me. So I, I'm going to give them a B- minus now with the Gasol pickup. I give them an A. I think they got better. I, I think the the Harrell and Schroeder pickups especially, that's just two elements that they didn't have, and that's scoring that they didn't have. I mean, they're awesome defensively, which I'm sure they will be again when you have AD locking down the paint. Yeah. And Marcus All. Um, I, I got to say one more thing about the Lakers. Devontae Kaycock for you Summer League fans, watch out. I, I didn't want them to bring back these centers because I wanted them to play this guy. Just watch his G League highlights. You will lose it. All right, I'll have to as well. All right, anything else on the Los Angeles Lakers here? No, they got better. I hate it. I don't want them to win another ring. On to the Memphis Grizzlies. They got two picks in the draft, 30 and 35. They selected Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman, a versatile Michigan State big who a lot of people thought might go late first round, can do a little bit of everything well. 
And then Desmond Bain is someone we talked about at length can just come in right away between him and Dylan Brooks. They have two similar type players there. I think Bain is a little bit, could be a little bit of a better secondary playmaker than Brooks. Yes. Um, but, but good wing addition for them in free agency. They they're bringing back the Anthony Milton, just another solid defender. John Tay Porter, who really hasn't got a run at it yet. Three yeah. year, $6 million deal. That's intriguing. And then Mario Hazonia, that's next. Kind of irrelevant. Um, for what they had uh, ammunition-wise going into the offseason, I gave them a B plus. I thought both of the draft picks were good. I give them a C plus because I do think their draft picks are good, and they just didn't really get a ton better other than what they got in the draft. They were, they were kind of one of those teams that just didn't do anything in free agency and are staying the course with their young core, which, which I think is I the think, right move. I agree. I think it is the right move as well. And I like the Bane pickup. So C plus for them. Yeah. Um, John Tech Porter. That's, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad he's going to be back there. Yeah. I hope he gets a chance because he was a name that has kind of been all over the place and has been really unlucky with his injury so far. Yeah. So skilled. Um, on to the Clippers, who had the mm-hmm. 33rd pick by the end of the night after I think almost every team from 30 to 40 made a trade, it seemed like. Yeah, I don't think anybody took their actual draft pick in the second round. <laughs> yeah, they're just flying around. Um, I gave them a B- minus as a whole. They got Daniel Oturu, who can shoot it for a big. He put up like 20 and 10 for Minnesota. I think he could carve out a role in the league similar to maybe Jamichael Green, although I, I think he's a little more athletic. Not saying he'll be that good in year one. And then Jay Scrub, they got at 55. This is a Juco player of the year. I had heard the Blazers were pegged to take him at 16 at one point. They end what? up yeah, they end up getting Covington. He's he's just a good athlete scorer. Don't know much more about him other than he was gonna go play at Louisville and decided not to. Um, but in free agency and trades, they got Serge Ibaka, who I think is an upgrade over Montrez. Yes, he, he can, can shoot the three, shoot the I think lights he's a out. Bit smarter. I'd rather have him on the defensive end if I'm being right. honest, and I think I'd rather have him on the offensive end too. Yeah, and they they got the exact same contract. I think that they both got the mid level two for 19 mil. Um, they bring back Marcus Morris. I think he got paid for his shooting four for 64. He got paid too much if you ask me. But. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's like the good like tradable contract range though. So I guess it's not going to kill you. Um, no, it could be worse. And then Luke Kennard, don't need to mention Patterson. Luke Kennard comes in, replaces Landry Shamit. Yeah, another guy. Team trade, they bring him in. Yeah, he's gone to the wayside for the casual NBA fans, I would say. Good player, great shooter for the Pistons the last few years, but was hurt the the majority of the second half of the year. Should be an interesting get for them. Yeah, he's kind of a combo guard that can play on ball or off ball. He's a darn good shooter, and he can do a little bit of creating as well. So I think he's going to be a really good fit on the floor with PG and Kawhi because his biggest weakness by far is his defense. And so yeah. you've got two of the best defenders in the game out there to make up for it. Yeah, Beverly as well. And that just gives you another guy who can play make, who can create shots. And we saw in their series against Denver, game seven, and really the last few games, they just ran out of 
playmakers and shot creators and just weren't generating good looks. And Luke Mm -hmm. Kennard is another guy that can knock down open shots and create open shots for other guys. So I give them a B plus. I think they got better adding Baca over Baca over Harrell. And then I also think losing Shamit doesn't really hurt them because all he was really doing was spot up shooting and he was not really excelling. I don't think that was a perfect role for him. He moves over to Brooklyn. I like what they got back in Luke Kennard better than Shamit. So B plus for them. Uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty even trade there. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, on to Milwaukee. They had, they ended with the 45th and 60th picks. They got shooters, Jordan Wara from Louisville, high volume scorer, and Sam Merrill, the 24 year old from Utah State. I've heard Sam Vicini from The Athletic call him the best shooter in this class. Um, we'll see if he can earn a spot on the roster after they signed Tory Craig, Bobby Portis, DJ Augustine, and Bryn Forbes, all coming over after losing Bledsoe, George Hill, and Robin Lopez. I give them an A on the offseason. That's because I, do as well. I have not mentioned the fact that they acquired Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. It was just a massive upgrade over Eric Bledsoe, a point guard. And the biggest thing with that is it should be enough to keep them in a run at the finals and keep Giannis happy enough keep, to re-sign. Right. If I, I said in my notes, A plus if Giannis signs the extension. Right, and the only thing that could come back to haunt them here was the mismanagement of the Bogdan Bogdanovich deal because at one point it looked like he was going to be in Milwaukee and then all of a sudden the sign-and-trade falls through and who knows how Giannis feels about this. I guess him and Bogdanovich are really close and so some people think that this might have actually hurt their chances of bringing him back, but with everything else that happened, I think he's way more likely to come back than he was a month ago. Totally agree. They got Holiday, Middleton, Giannis, um, Brooke Lopez, and who's their fourth starter or fifth starter? They lose Wes Matthews there, so maybe you slide in Dante DiVincenzo or Pat or Connaughton. Craig. Maybe Torrey Craig could be a good fit. Crazy. He's a guy that's <laughs> three and D, doesn't need a ton of touches. Right. Um, I, I like the Bryn Forbes pickup, too, quite a bit. Just a knockdown shooter for the Spurs over the last few years. Quiet little pickup that will probably surprise some people. Um, and those those rookies might get a chance to play after all the moves they've made. So Milwaukee yep. definitely got better. Championship? I agree. I don't know. Yeah, I'm still not there on them. I think they're probably the second or third best team in the East as of right now, but we'll see. They're probably going to have the most regular season wins, but that means nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay, Portland. They had the 46 pick, took a guy who was not on really anyone's board, CJ Ellaby. Mm-hmm. You know anything about him? No. <laughs> I don't either. I'm not embarrassed to say that. Uh, but wow, they'd made a lot of great moves outside of it. I gave them an A+. I think they got a lot better. I give them an A-plus as well, and they are number one on my board. I think they killed it. They went from being a fringe playoff team, maybe they get the seven or eight Oh, they were going to make it. Probably, with OKC going back and potentially Houston also blowing it up and taking a step back in the West. They're probably in the playoffs, but for me, they go from a like, 
hey, let's see if they can make the playoffs to, uh, oh, we might want to watch out for them because they could very well be a four or five seed with the depth they have now. And if Damon CJ stay healthy and they can keep their bigs healthy, you know, they don't lose Rodney Hood and Zach Collins and a ton of people like they did last season. This team might win a lot of games and have home court in the playoffs. Mm hmm. Um, they already have, you know, Dame, CJ, Gary Trent, who just had a major breakout in the playoffs in the bubble. Now you bring in Robert Covington instead of Trevor Ariza. Man, Covington won the OKC series for Houston. I don't think that can be understated. He was huge in those games. So now you have a starting lineup of Dame, CJ, Covington, um, Zach Collins. Collins and Nurkic probably. Who will be hurt to start the year. But then Nurkic. Then you can just slide in Rodney Hood, Mello. You got Harry Giles and Derek Jones. Their front court got so much deeper, and I haven't even mentioned Ennis Canner. Well, and you still have Gary Trent there too, and Onferny Simons. And both of those guys are so young, yeah. they could take a jump and give you some meaningful minutes. Like you said, we saw how good Trent was for them in the playoffs. I mean, this team went from having a decent seven man rotation to all of a sudden having a solid full starting lineup and bench, a great 10-man rotation. This might be the most complete roster in the league right now, or one of them. Wow. From top to bottom. Not saying they're the best, not saying they have the highest talent at the top, but all the way through 1 to 10 or 1 to 12, however you want to look at it, Mm -hmm. there's no holes in this team. They're solid all the way across the board. Not amazing in every category, but solid all the way across the board. Yeah, I do think the one spot they could improve is backup guard, another secondary playmaker. And that needs to be Simons, who did not get any better last season. No, he did not make the jump I expected. No. Um, if they can unlock him a little bit, I think they're going to be very dangerous. I agree. They need someone that can play make when Dame and CJ are out of the game because right. it is a lot to ask to have one of them on the floor at all times, which it was in big games, case. that's what they need. Yeah. I believe they were top two in the league in minutes last that season. That sounds right to me. But <laughs> bottom line, Portland got a heck of a lot better and has locked themselves in as a team to be reckoned with in the Western Conference this season. Yeah, look for them to get another guard. I think they could use it. Um, glad we agree on Portland. Let's go on to a team you just mentioned might blow it up. That's the Houston Rockets. A yeah. lot is in limbo with them. I gave them a C minus, and I say a C is average. They they got rid of Covington, mm-hmm. which made me think, okay, here comes the rebuild. Westbrook right. next, Harden next. But then they bring in Christian Wood, three for 41 million. And like Luke Kennard, the casual NBA fan might not know a ton about this guy, but man, he balled down the stretch with Blake Griffin injured and Andre Drummond in Cleveland just absolutely came into his own. He was a really talented guy at UNLV, but couldn't make it in the league. Down the stretch, he's putting up over 20 a game shooting the lights out from downtown, and he can throw it down too. I think this is huge. 
I gave them a B minus just because I did not expect them to get a guy like Christian Wood. I would have given them a D plus or a C minus, something like that. But bringing in Wood is really big because now you have way more flexibility. That is a very nice piece that you have locked in for three years if you do decide that you want to go the rebuild route. And if you decide, hey, we're just going to hold off and wait for our best offer for Harden and try to make it work. Maybe we get playing and we win some games and he gets over it and isn't demanding a trade anymore. I think Christian Wood is a great guy to have there, and he's someone that can help you now. He can help you later. He's young enough that his window to improve and really hit his peak is so far down the line in the future. The Rockets got someone that's just going to keep getting better, and that you can't really say that about hardly anyone else on that team. Yeah, he's a he's a young player still, very young, um, early in his career. And when you look at the bigs on their roster, there really aren't any. PJ Tucker's no. playing five, Covington four. Wood's gonna start for them immediately and be a major contributor. I still think they could have used another center. I thought Abaco would have been a good get for them. But yeah. I would honestly say Wood will be more productive than Abaca going forward. Um, does he fit into a contender as well? Probably not. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that. I think there's still a better chance than not that Harden's moved by the deadline, probably even moved by the start of the season. And yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I kind of hope that does happen because if we see Harden get moved, you can bet that Eric Gordon's probably going next if they can find a suitor for him. And PJ Tucker is definitely gone because somebody is going to want to go after him and offer a decent asset back. Mm-hmm. Um, other moves they made, they got Kenyon Martin Jr., son of the Nugget yeah. bad boy, and Sterling Brown comes over from the Milwaukee Bucks, and then finally another guy I teased our last draft pod, Mason Jones from Arkansas. You were high on him. The dude put up 22 a game for Arkansas. He's literally, he said, I was the steal of the draft, and he says he's going to make an all-star team. This guy didn't even get drafted. So just just watch out. He's going to end up popping in two, three years. He's going to be on a roster making some noise. Um, that's all I have on Houston. All right. On to Brooklyn next. Are we skipping Indiana? Oh, I didn't know how you wanted to finish that order-wise. Yeah, Indiana oh, okay. first. All right, we'll do Indiana, and then we'll end with the Nets. All right. I gave the Pacers a D-. minus. A D-? minus. I gave them a C-. Why? I don't think they did anything to move the needle. I know you like Cassius Stanley, their one well, draft pick. But see, I don't I don't think that they got any better. I don't think they got a ton worse. They got Justin Holiday re-signed and Jakar Sampson. Yeah, they just didn't do anything. They were another one of those teams that stayed about the exact same, didn't really get any better, wouldn't say they got a ton worse. So C minus just because they're about the same, just a little bit older. And you have the lingering Oladipo issue. They didn't move him. I was kind of hoping they would. But there's just nothing going on exciting in Indiana. They're, they're, if I'm a fan of the Pacers, I'm pissed. <laughs> just because, like, what am I supposed to be excited about this season? See if TJ Warren can play at the same level he did in the bubble and we get the six or seven seed and make the playoffs again and get beaten the first round in four or five games. Woohoo! I'm hype. <laughs> there is one thing. Demontis Sabonis was not in the bubble. He will be healthy, and, I mean, he's an all-star. 
So that is how a much big... of a difference do you think that makes? Like, do you think that really moves the needle for them and gives them a chance to are win they a gonna, playoff series? Are they going to make the Eastern Conference Finals? No. So it doesn't. I mean, like, they're much better with him, but are they up there with Milwaukee, Miami, Boston? No. I agree. I think this team, they could even miss the playoffs this year, depending on how they manage that Oladipo situation, because you've got so many young teams in the East that should make a step, and then you've also got Brooklyn that's going to be in there, and I'm just not seeing what the Pacers are doing here. I, I don't really understand where they're trying to go, because their window is never really opening, and it's kind of just staying closed. I mean, You've got Miles Turner there. You've got Sabonis there. Are they going to move one? Are they going to keep both? They're starting to get older. You're having to pay them a lot of money. You've got Malcolm Brogdon that you paid a decent amount of money to entering his prime years. Oladipo's one year away from free agency. I'm pretty unhappy. I just don't see a vision here for the Pacers. So C minus. Yeah, I'm with you. I I think like the Nets, who we're about to talk about, their grade is kind of incomplete. And you could throw the Rockets in there as well because the amount of trade rumors about Oladipo and Miles Turner is just, like, it's sickening. CJ McCollum and Bradley Beal are up there too, right? Bradley Beal for sure. CJ yeah. not as much, any Bradley Beal, yeah. But but Oladipo and Turner, man, what, you'd have to think one of these guys is going to get moved. Oladipo does not want to stay in Indiana He's not going to resign in the offseason. So they would be foolish to let him walk. Um, I think the best move for Indiana at this point is to let Oladipo play some games and show people, hey, I'm healthy. I look good. Come get me. Because if he really wants out, the best way to increase his trade volume is by showing teams I'm healthy, I'm playing well. And that's a win win for Oladipo and Indiana if that happens. And he's 28. So. I'm not totally sure what team would be looking for him at this point. The Hawks and Hornets already <laughs> shelled out the bags. The so, Knicks. The Knicks. Hey, you're onto something there. <laughs> uh, that yeah. could be RJ Barrett's playmaker and running mate, I guess. TBD on the Pacers. Let's wrap it up here. The Brooklyn right. Nets. Everyone mm-hmm. is jacked up to see KD healthy again on the floor with the uber talented Kyrie Irving, but many of us think it's not going to work out. The chemistry is not going to be great. It's just going to be a big mess because that's what Kyrie does, right? If they bring in James Harden, do you see it working? See it working in the sense of they win the finals or see it working in the sense of them being really good and contending for a championship. Can they make the finals? I say absolutely. (laughs) I think with or without Harden, they're in the finals in the East. I think with Harden, they win just because when you have that many playmakers and that many guys that can go get a bucket defense. Yeah, it matters. But how much does it matter if you've got Kyrie Harden or KD going one-on-one every single time down the court. That's almost a guaranteed bucket. I mean, if you're putting up 130, 140 a game, which they very well could with those three guys, especially if they play fast, good Mm -hmm. luck keeping up. I mean, you're not in a seven-game series. One of them is going to go off every night. You can never contain the offense. You'll be lucky if two of them have rough nights. And if one or two of them are having a tough night, 
maybe they have the wherewithal to let the other guys take more shots. Maybe not. And that's where some of the issues could come in. Maybe Harden's having a bad night and still wants to get his shots up. He goes three for 20 and they lose a game or something like he's been able to do in the past. But those guys are so good. I don't think it's going to blow up and be a disaster. They're they're going to contend for a championship if they have Harden. And even if they don't, they're going to contend. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to make the lazy take that, oh, there's only one ball. These guys right. can't play together. Shut up. That's nonsense. I fully believe James Harden would go to Brooklyn and be happy being the number two. He could score 26 a game. If that, 24, 25, he's going to play that role that he did with OKC, but he's going to start this time. Right. He's going to move off the ball, which he just he excelled at in OKC, you know, cutting back door. It seemed like he was getting all these easy layups um, whenever he played. Sounds crazy to say now that James Harden actually moved off ball, but it that, does. that was a version of James Harden that used to exist. Yeah, and I I was reading something the other day that was talking about how he constantly watches like tape from when he played at OKC. Yeah, and it's like yeah, it's like this guy's hungry for something new. We see him defer late in games to Russell Westbrook. Like he could be more aggressive and say no, Russ. Like give me the ball. It's perfect for his personality personality to go be the second fiddle to KD and Kyrie can just be flashy and create for others in an ideal world. Um, I think it would be awesome to watch. I think they'd be really just a fantastic team, except giving up Jarrett Allen would hurt a little bit. It would, but it would be (laughs) worth it. And I I don't want to have it happen personally, just because one Steve Nash, I don't want to hear the, Oh, he got handed the keys to a super team. You know, how could you not win if he does win? And then if they don't win, you have the best team ever, blah, 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 blah. How can you not win? You're a terrible coach. Like there's just no winning for him. And the other thing is I don't want to deal with the warriors esque super team again of everyone complaining and, Oh, well the nets are just going to beat everyone. There's no point of even playing. They're automatically in the finals. Like I don't, I want to see a competitive NBA where it's wide open and you could see a team like the Miami heat make the finals like they did last year. I don't want to be locked in for the nets versus Lakers or Clippers. I, I just, I don't want to have to deal with that all season and listen to people complain and why even watch the regular season. The nets are just going to beat everyone. Like I, I don't want to, go through that again like we did with the Warriors for all those years (laughs) well yeah I I think it's an incomplete grade for the Nets Um, they drafted Reggie Perry a big man who's supposedly pretty good Um, they they brought Joe Harris back four for 75 they get Jeff Mm -hmm. Green who looked pretty good for the Rockets in a limited role yeah, right. he's just a nice bench guy to have. Mm-hmm. And then Landry Shamit as well. So, I mean, they have a lot of good shooters on this team. Defensively, done a good job. defensively, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's bringing the heat for them outside of KD and Jared Allen and maybe Torian Prince. Joe Harris is pretty solid defensively team and Shamit is too. I think both of those guys on the court help you defensively. And they are, I mean, your prototypical three and D guards. They are guys that are just out there to hit open threes and play defense and just guys that are high IQ, not going to make big mistakes, not going to lose you a game by making a bonehead play. And I give them a B minus because what I wrote, 
Yeah, they flipped a pick for Shamit. It's not like they gave anything major up. And you add Shamit, you add Jeff Green, you bring back Joe Harris, you don't really lose anything, and you've still got the possibility of bringing in James Harden. So B minus. I don't think they could do much better. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, the The 19th pick might not be as valuable as Landry Shamit for a team that's trying to win right now. Good point by you. Man. We hit all 30 teams. We still have a few guys available. DeMarcus Cousins and Dario Saric. Where um, does Boogie go? Houston? You don't think he goes to the Knicks? I don't know why he would. <laughs> Money and the ability to play. He could maybe start. Nah, well, man. Mitchell I guess Robinson. you got Mitchell Robinson. Cut him loose. Sense. Led the league in field goal percentage. Boogie, Boogie to the Thunder? No. I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) Not the Lakers now. I don't see the Mavs doing it. I feel like it's Houston. It's got to be a team that's willing to take a chance on a guy that could cause some problems in the locker room. Toronto would be interesting, although they just got Baines. Maybe there's just not really anyone that makes sense. Utah doesn't need him. Denver doesn't really need him. Denver could take a flyer on him, but I don't really think it'd be worth it. I'd rather just give bull bull the minutes Sacramento, a reunion in Sacramento. Maybe oh, if God. he can get over how it ended, no. they need bigs. <laughs> that That's all I've got I, outside of that, man. I don't really know. They do. That's the golden back to golden state. I love that Woj tweets. He's getting some early attention on Friday night when free agency opens. And he's now he's still the last outside. name worth mentioning left. Yeah. I mean, come on. Detroit will probably sign him if we're being honest. There's still Hassan Whiteside, Reggie Jackson, Isaiah Thomas, Quinn Cook. Um, I'm not sure any of those guys actually make you Nick, any better. Nick Quinn Cook maybe. and Kyle Corver. Whoa, Nick Batum, baby. <laughs> yeah. Roll out the Brinks truck for Batum. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, Kelly Eco, athletic um, Rockets reporter, this is November 20th, says they're exploring DeMarcus Cousins. It's not very recent, but I think that makes sense if they don't blow it up. I guess. I mean, might as well. What do you got to lose? You're not going to have to pay him very much. You could probably, you might even be able to get him for a veteran minimum or something like that on a one-year deal. So might as well. You can just cut him if it doesn't work. All right, before we go, Give me your like top three, four favorite picks from the draft. Oh man, I didn't come prepared for that, but I'm putting you on the spot. This is fun. Yeah. I like the Hawks taking Okongwu. That's one in our mock draft I had had circled. I like that a lot. I think he's going to help them quite a bit, although they've got so many other guys in the picture now. Um, I liked Maxi to Philadelphia a ton. I yep. think that that's a great fit for them. He's going to be an awesome playmaker. Obviously, Halliburton to Sacramento. I think that's incredible. And then RJ Hampton to Denver, I like a lot. Very I think he's intriguing. someone that's going to benefit from the culture and the ability that they have been able to kind of take these questionable guys in the draft that fall and make something of them. I think RJ Hampton falls right into that build. He'll be good beside Jamal Murray. And he's someone that if you decide, Hey, maybe he's not long-term a guard we want starting, you can go flip him for a decent asset. I'm sure at some point down the line. So those are really the picks that jumped out at me that I like a ton. 
Mm-hmm. They're definitely, they would argue, nurture over nature in Denver. Yes. We've seen it time and time again. Um, I really liked Okongwu as well, LaMelo. Gotta love that, man. They are going to be so fun to watch. Towards Oh, the- Terry to Dallas. Tyrell Terry to Dallas. I loved that. And that's yeah. the other one. At 31, to get Steel. someone with his skill set, that's a great pick. Um, and then, oh, Devin Vassell, man. I just think this guy is going to be so damn solid. Like, worst case, Mikael Bridges' slow start to his career. Best case, he's, you know like Robert Covington in year two. Wow. Yeah, I dude, I think he's legit. He does everything you need, and he can handle the ball a little bit. Okay. Spurs got a good one. All right. Well, is that it for the Rob Gronkowski episode 87? Yeah, man, I think so. Uh, Just waiting for the next OKC blockbuster. We kind of had one. TJ Leaf, man, that one about... (laughs) that one about uh broke some headlines there but all right we will be back at some point in the next week i imagine we're gonna have some football soon but we'll wait and see james harden might get traded tomorrow night or something and we're right back at it with the hoops but Mm -hmm. we will be back in the next few days and y'all know the drill give us that five star rating shout us out make sure that uh make sure you have a happy thanksgiving Yes, happy Um, Thanksgiving. I forgot about that. Oh, hey, and let's go Jayhawks Thursday against number one Gonzaga. Jalen Suggs, five-star point guard for the Zags. I hear this guy's for real. Just just watch out, man. This is going to be a great game. We got your boy Bryce Thompson throwing down dunks in practice. I didn't know he could get up like that. He's grown so much, dude. He's grown so much. It's crazy. Wow. I cannot wait to watch this team. No doke. Dave McCormick's about to have a massive role. Tyon Grant Foster. Have you heard of him yet? No. Top Juco player. Apparently, he's just getting buckets like nobody's business in practice. Bill Self is raving. But hey, let's go. Thursday. All All right. Whole lot of action this week. So stay strapped in. Obviously, Thanksgiving football. There's just so much going on in the sports world. It's an incredible time to be alive and be locked in your house. So we'll be back next week. All right. Peace. Peace.